Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome, welcome to Business Garage. This morning, if you've just tuned in, call your friends tell them to tune in let me tell you today you do not want to miss the story that we are bringing you so send the link share it invite someone from the bedroom tell them to sit around and let's get ready to be absolutely inspired so please share 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 this is worship harvest welcome again to business garage my name is b3 every sunday morning we bring you stories kingdom businesses ugandan kingdom businesses that are thriving we bring you stories to inspire you to challenge you and to wake you up to the greatness and potential that God has given us here in our very own nation. And today, I am absolutely privileged. I have to make sure that I say this name correctly because anytime now, Dr. Come on, I'm, I'm interviewing a doctor. I feel good. Dr. Barbara Ofono Buyondo, you are most welcome. Yeah. If you didn't watch the intro, the profile is big. The person is humble, extremely humble, but full of so much wisdom. We had a, a brief session before now, and I'm, I'm fired up. I look at the clock, and it's telling me lies, because we have so much that we need to talk about today. So welcome, Dr. Barbara. Thank you. It's such an honor to have you with us today. I hope your microphone is, is yeah, uh -huh, it's, it's on and perfect, perfect. All right, so let's get straight into it. Remember, you can engage with us online. Send us your questions. The one real relevant questions, please, which are going to actually help you to grow and learn something. So we'll start from the very beginning, the story of Victoria's Education Services. How and where does this story begin? Thank you so much. This story begins all the way in 1999. Wow. In 1999, I was at church at that time, KPC Church. I used to volunteer in the Sunday school. The Lord spoke to me. These children that you're holding here are okay, but children out are not safe. Mm. And I went out to do a research to find out exactly what the Lord was telling me. My heart was really bleeding. Mm. So I now started looking for a center where children will be understood, where they will be loved. I'm happy in the audience I have one of <laughs> Roxana was one of knows my love. Oh. She knows my hug. She knows what it means to be loved. Wow. So that is something that I really went out to do. Because at that time, people in this country would look at children as destructive. Yep. When the children are playing, they say children are making noise. Yet when adults are speaking, we are also making noise oh, no. for them. So I wanted a place where children will be understood, where they will be loved. And that is what I went out to do. Wow. I, some people already you're getting slaps because this morning you told your children they were shouting. But it's okay. We are going to learn. We are going to get better. So the journey begins then. 
then what? Because someone listening to you is thinking maybe oh you had everything, all you were needing was a word from the Lord. So the word came, you had all these millions on your account waiting, you had a facility, and you are just walking in disobedience. So the Lord just needed to tell you, please, Dr. Barbara, enter that facility and start educating the children. Is that how the story goes? You're making me laugh. <laughs> because it is totally the opposite. Yeah. I had one million shillings on me. And uh, I did not have any building. I never had any land. So I asked the Lord, where do I begin? Because he had assured me, you will be victorious because I am able. And that's where the name of the school comes from, victorious. And the motto, God is able. Wow. But what was in my hands, you would really pity me. Because mm. when I went to hire this building... I can say it was a condemned building, but that is what I could afford then. I put up whatever I could. I started with 30 chairs on higher purchase. Oh no table. Children would kneel when they are writing on the chair. The time for teaching, they would sit on the chair. Parents knew what I would do because I was in Sunday school. Traffic would come. People would come as I kept telling them I'm in such a place. And I was teacher Barbara, Auntie Barbara in many people's homes. Uh, they really wanted me to teach their children. When they would reach mm. the venue, mm. they say, you know, we love you. You know what to do. Yeah. This is good. But mm. so they would go. I thanked God when I got the 30th child. Because we started with 30 children, three members of staff, one million shillings in a condemned building. But today we are here celebrating five campuses, over 4,000 children, over 500 members of staff. I give glory to God. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Okay. So now you've sort of given us the beginning. And where we are now. But I'm sure there's been a journey in between, Dr. Barbara. Earlier on, you told us, tell us a little bit about what you were doing before then. Because someone might think, oh, she was teaching Sunday school, so she already had lots of experience with, you know, early childhood. What were you doing? What was your expertise? And what did it take for you to now be able to respond, apart from the obedience of finding a building, starting with what you had, children kneeling to write, for you as the person... Did you already have the capacity to do what you needed to do? And what did you have to do to walk in obedience to the thing that God had called you into? Thank you. Yes, I was a teacher, but I was a secondary school teacher. <laughs> I had not trained in early childhood at all. By the time I was sharing with my colleagues that I'm going to early childhood, everyone was telling me, wow. everyone is going to think you are a school dropout. Because kindergarten is for school dropouts. Wow. But when I would be with these children, my heart would be at its fullest. I would feel the joy. So what I did was to, as was uh, working, I also enrolled to do early childhood. Mm. I did a certificate in early childhood and I started knowing exactly what to do. On top of passion, I had to have a qualification that really shows me what to do to guide me well yeah wow have you had that on top of passion there had to be qualification 
So I think that right there is, an, is a word of wisdom for someone. That passion is not enough to position you in the marketplace. And also the word that God has given you is not on its own. You need to build onto that so that it's not unfruitful. So you go and you do this. And of course, I'm very curious about the doctor hmm. and where. Because I, are you a medical doctor? No. Uh -huh. <laughs> I am not Which a medical doctor. Which means you've read very many books. <laughs> To be, to be, so that, that's also, I'm, I'm sure, must be a part of your journey. Yes. Where, how did that happen? Thank you so much. Like, I started uh, after beginning the school. I did early childhood. When we started primarily, I had not taught in primarily. I had never learned more about primary education. I had to go and study primary education. I wanted to understand the curriculum very well because for me, clearly, the Lord spoke to me about national curriculum. Mm. So I wanted to understand this curriculum very well. So I had to go and study curriculum. After doing curriculum in education, they do not give you so much on finance they don't give you so much on management so i also went to umi i did uh, management studies after that i needed now to zero on business because this institution would suffer many times because of my heart you feel you don't want to tell a parent that bring fees <laughs> so <laughs> because when you tell them they say i'm going to leave the child home and you say how can the child be left home let me teach as i wait so at one time i was kicked out of uh, issues of money because i was failing the institution but i also had to go and learn mm. so my phd is in business wow. so that i can understand what to do so I have kept on learning and learning. At the moment, I'm doing a master's in organization leadership because we have many campuses. We are going to grow to uh, more campuses. So I need to really know how to be organized. One thing I need to tell you, as a vision bearer, you just don't sit back and say people will do. You need to know what you're doing. Then you will instruct people to do what you think can be done. So there is need for mastery of whatever you are doing. Meanwhile, on top of that, you are the principal. You continue to work, right? Yes. Uh, you, you have a life. Yes. I just want you to know I'm also in, enrolled in School of Practical Business. <laughs> like, come on, I have to be enrolled to something to be able to interview Dr. Barbara. You know, that, that is such a challenge, though, especially for us believers. Sometimes we spiritualize the things that don't need to be spiritualized. Because mastery, right there, mastery. A person who becomes a master then increases capacity. And you know what? Through understanding, you're established. When you understand your field, you become established there as a master player. So I think that's exactly what Dr. Barbara is doing, continuing to grow and learn and become one that can increase the capacity of those around you. But let's now talk about some of the parts of your journey that were testing. Because you see, your story begins with a word from God, yeah. which is what many people out there who are watching have also received a word. And, and maybe they feel like when I get a word from God, it means everything must run perfectly, smoothly, no challenges. Have you had any challenges on your... I'm sure you have had challenges on your journey the last 20-something years. But the question then is, what are some of the significant challenges you remember that came as a test uh, on the journey of what God had told you to do 
just tell us a little bit of especially sticking to what God has told you to do especially when there's a test against that word some of the things that you faced as victorious um, schools and, and, and how you came out of them thank you so much first and foremost when we started to grow I needed loans mm. from the bank but I didn't have any collateral <laughs> so and at that time I was the proprietor the board member everything to myself mm. so when I went to the bank they denied me a loan yeah. They could not trust in me. But I thank God that I was a member of YSAF. In fact, I was the first borrower from YSAF. Wow. And, <laughs> and YSAF has a big story of Victorious. I really do not wait to talk about it because encouragement, prayer, technical advice, financial help, you know, all really came out of YSAF. Now, when I got this money and moved to another place that parents would really appreciate, <laughs> yeah. immediately the building filled. So when they filled, we had now to start looking out for another building. Okay. We moved and we were really thriving. At a certain time, I discovered that we had 85% of the parents who were Muslims. And they were very good pairs. Mm. They really sat down, planned very well. And when we bought just a piece of land next to us, they approached me and said, you know, this land, we request that you put a little mosque here so that we can have uh, the, the prayers here. We'll bring the, the, the haji, I've forgotten the name of the person. The, not the sheikh, this how... They will bring the imam who will be conducting the prayers. So I told them, let me consult the board. Uh -huh. But my board was the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey. So I went to the Lord and consulted. And clearly he told me, what did I call you to do? Mm. To raise a God-fearing generation. So when the board gave me the answer, <laughs> I went back to the stakeholders there were 85% in the institution. And when I told them, the board has said no. I lost many children. 85%, I think 75% went. Wow. And we struggled. We struggled. We almost closed. But each day I would tell the Lord, you called me. I had never thought about this thing you told me to go and do it. You have assured me that we shall be victorious because you're able. You have moved with me. I consulted you when these people wanted a mosque. You said, no, I'm going to look up to you. Whether the school goes or not, I will look up to you. And it was tough then. But after some time, after a while, the following year, we got three times multiplication of the children. That was the other landmark. The other one, I really thank God that I have been able to receive over 25 awards in the 22 years that we have been in existence. But one of these awards came with a privilege. But can we stop and like laugh <laughs> just for relief? Did you see the way she's talking about it? I've just received some 25 awards in the last 22 years. Some of us have been in existence for... And how many 
Yeah, so let's stop for a moment and appreciate that, that right there. And honor the Lord for that right there. Come on. Mm, okay. Glory be to God. Now, I go to Europe. These people took me to Europe, fully sponsored to meet investors so that I can pitch for them because uh, our dream is to really go in all the towns of Uganda, is really to take school to the neighborhood. So a school is like real estate. Mm. So you find that you need a lot of money for investment. So that's the reason they had taken me to get investors so that they can put money and we do the plans that we have. So I reached this place investors are there in the room i pitch and one of the investors that they were praying they were hoping would pick on me picked on me and everyone told me you are lucky so we plan to meet this investor the following day in the room when i was talking to him he banged the table i don't want it was like I had done something wrong to him and he kept screaming, he kept screaming. What was making him scream was the sentence, God is able on my procure. And he was telling, you have to remove this. And in a soft voice, I replied, I told him, that is our strength. That is who we are. Without God, we are nothing. You can't see anything happen without God. So he cancelled. When I went out, these people, other ladies, there were very many people in the, in the hall. They came to me and said, what is it? I explained to them. They told me, just remove the word God. Why don't you remove the word and get the money? Do you know how much you're going to get? All what you need, all your plans are going to be funded. I thanked them. I said, thank you for the advice, but my advice will always be from what the Lord wants me to do. So I missed the money, but I came back with the Lord who owns heaven and earth. Hey! <laughs> and did you fail after that? No, we have not failed. <laughs> exactly. You ha we have not failed. Here we yes. are. Hmm? Still growing, God has still been able to carry you through. And I think that if you keep hearing these stories, there's so much for us. Because success is going to come. Opportunities are going to show up. You have to decide now, as a business person, a kingdom business person, who is going to have the last word. What you're not willing to give up. What you're not willing to trade. Your birthright for a few dollars here and there or euros whatever it may be because there is a god who owns heaven and earth and there is no price that we can put on that but let's talk about covid one of the things that you've been very passionate about has been you know it's for the education sector this has been a very trying time and there are people watching you especially the ones you're passionate about the early childhood right now actually they're still shut down for it's it's indefinite and so Let's talk about COVID. Were you affected in, in any way? Because people might be watching and saying, it seems this one, she seems so happy. And she's even here talking about education. Maybe she had something happening that we're not aware of. You know, did you, did you what, did, what happened for you as Victorious? And how, 
how are you moving forward into the future that's that, that according to the world looks hazy uh, wh what do you say to the people especially in education who are watching and saying you know I'm so discouraged I don't think this is something I can continue to do it's not making sense for me thank you so much COVID affected us as well as all the other people in the world but education has been the heat the hard hardest hit that's what we have been hit we would be nothing now now when COVID came what I did because I discovered I was depressed. I discovered I was helpless. I discovered I didn't know what to do. Because when we were going out for the lockdown, we thought it's two weeks, one month. But the thing kept on moving and I didn't know exactly what to do. It is always right to go back to your strength, to your source. I went to the Lord with the board members we decided to have time to fast oh, and Oh, now pray. you have yes, human have. board members. <laughs> There's been some growth. Mm -hmm. yes. So we decided to pray and ask the Lord for direction. The Lord led us after some time. We would walk because during that time, it was total lockdown. Yes. And yet we had to meet and pray together. So we would meet, we would pray. There are those who would even walk 17 kilometers to and fro where they live because we couldn't drive, we didn't have stickers. So the Lord clearly spoke to us and gave us direction for four things. Say, edu learning must continue. Look after the enterprise. Look after the people and communicate. In communication, the Lord was also opening the channel for prayer. Pray with the children, pray with the parents, pray with the staff. And at the time when God was telling us learning must continue, that was the time when even they would announce no charging, no school should charge anything. And for us now, we didn't have any income. So we put the teachers together, we went and started translating what we had on paper to put it online. How do we put all that we have online? But God's guidance is amazing. He kept guiding us on what to do and encouraging us. There is this one day when I went to, to office and I found the leaders of this project in the school. That day the newspaper had written how it is not, we are not supposed to do anything. And they were so discouraged. I told them, the Lord clearly spoke to us and said learning must continue. continue we must obey the lord then he will guide us on how to work with the laws of the country so we we continued for us our children are learning we have even the three-year-old is online learning mm. the four-year-old is learning all the ages are learning because for us we even said we refuse a dead year because that time the country was, people were, we should have a dead year. I said, whose child should have a dead year? Do you know what a dead year speaks to the life of a child? The dead year, you're giving a child a statement that you are useless. You are not, when you declare a dead year, what happens to that brain? You will never be able to undo what has been done because this is a human being it's not going in the garage you've taken your car and they are repairing but a human being there is no opportunity so for us the lord really gave us guidance and we started the parents were not forthcoming they were saying you know we are going to wait till the government we said the ones who are on board 
please come because children shouldn't miss. Now, even when kindergarten issues are still pending, parents do not leave your children home. You are going to destroy a foundation. This building here is great because of the great foundation. Early childhood is the foundation of a human being. If you leave the brain to get stuck for some time, those children's innovation, reasoning, will really be affected. So you need to come out of your comfort zone and see that your child's life is really moving on. Uh, I also have met some people who have decided to leave the Ugandan curriculum. So this Ugandan curriculum, they, they are into schools, but they have changed. For me, I can't change because I know my calling. What did the Lord call me to do? If the Lord has called you to do Ugandan curriculum, mm. do it. Mm. If he has called, what, you know God calls us differently. We have different callings. Just know where you are and do that. There are people who are selling off schools and they want to go into agriculture. If God has called them for that, fine. But let us know where God has called us to do. Let trials not be the one to stop what God wants to do for you in future. There are people I have met who have high blood pressure. We have been hit. But when you take your frustration to the Lord, it's different. You, you move and people look at you and think, wow. Because for us, with those numbers, you know what would be happening on the accounts. Mm. Now, when there are no numbers, the account is also silent. That means you can't meet every need. But what do you do? For me, this time God has taught me to live a day at a time. That is how I am living. And I want to call upon you teachers who are out there saying, this is a wrong profession. God has called us to teach. Let's go and teach. Let's raise a generation for the Lord. Let us do. This is the time for us to go through this valley. But we, are, we shall come out of this yeah. valley victorious in Jesus' name. Because God is able. Yes, victorious. God is able. You have to have a word. This is the last question I have for you as, as Pastor Chris comes to wrap this up. What does the future look like for victorious um, schools? What does the future look like? Education services. Thank you so much. Uh, one thing I really want to assure you is issues of values are a, big, a very big problem in our world today. But Victorious is a value-based organization. As we really relate with God, we are also asking them to live values. Now, when we raise a generation of people who have values, then the future is secure because they will do the right thing. They will fend the country. They will serve people. They will not look at people as uh, ways of getting money. They will go into these offices and know that God has placed them in the offices to take care of people. So that is something that comforts me because as we keep channeling out the students from our institution with values, with godliness, they are going out to change the world. The other is 
for us we started with kindergarten primarily we are moving secondary we'll go to tertiary where we have vocational because i believe so much in skills that god created in us God created and designed us differently. Yes, I was a secondary teacher. I can teach right from kindergarten to the university. But God has called me to nurture. We, we re, I really want to see a generation that know what God created them to be. So that they use their DNA. Not that I have seen so and so doing this, that is what I should do. But to serve in the area that God created in them. And when they do that, they will serve with excellence. Yes. They will serve with passion. They will enjoy what they are doing. And you will see a lot of innovations come. So that is what I see in future that these children we are helping them to discover who they are as they discover they are growing to go to be who God has created them to be not what the world wants them to be but to be what God wants them to be and they will serve the world with excellency thank you wow what an incredible story and so many challenges for us Thank you so much, Dr. Barbara, for sharing and pouring your heart. And now over to you, Pastor Chris. Thank you, Pastor B3. Uh, Dr. Barbara, you're very welcome. Again, friends, this is another outlier of sorts, a powerful story, a story to encourage us, and a real story. This is not a book. It's a real thank story you. that we can see. So thank you so much for sharing your story. As you're speaking, I saw lots of things. I uh, just picked out a few. One, uh, passion. I think everyone has picked out the fact that you're passionate about nurturing children. And you'll do everything possible to do that. Uh, so that's very powerful. But on top of that, passion is not enough. You went ahead and skilled yourself. You're already a doctor, you have a PhD, but you're still studying so that you can run your business as well. You went to study so that you can know the, the skill required for that passion. So it's a very, very important thing, especially for business people. When you want to do something, you don't just go and do it. Find ways of resourcing yourself and improving yourself to be a better person. That's very powerful. Another thing that might have, might have passed us by was the story with YSEV. I remember a time, your story and YSEV were like you couldn't hear one story without hearing the other. Yeah? And uh, today business people face challenges. That's a story for us. That's a, a real story to share with, to, to remind us that we can support ourselves locally, especially financially. Yeah? Uh, because today people run to banks and banks don't understand you. They don't understand the Ugandan. But if you grow together in savings, uh, like many people are doing now, it can really change uh, your business story. So friends, this is an encouragement for us to continue saving together so that we can support our businesses. And you refuse to sell your birthright. When people came to you, told you put a mosque or remove God is able, you stuck to the truth and, and, and you, 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 you told the line. Now, I have one question. Here at Harvest Institute, we at, at Hawashi Harvest, we have what we call Harvest Institute uh, and we have a school of practical business. This week we learned something very, very powerful. We learned about the future of business. And uh, we learned about uh, what Uganda needs to do in order to be a different country. And really, that's industrializing our nation. But key there was educating our people. That was a very profound thing. In the center of all these things, there was education. So we are competing with global businesses 
who are using all this kind of technology, the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, we need to industrialize now. But then we are not skilled. We have lots of technical institutes where people don't want to go. Uh, so we have a big, a big challenge in our education system. What do you think we need to do, you and I and everyone else, to train our children, to nurture our children for the future? Because we might be alienated. Our business might not go where they're supposed to go because a child might not be able to repair an electric car, for example. So what do we need in order to skill our people for the future? Thank you so much, Pastor Chris. Uh, a revolution begins with a family. I would really call upon family to begin identifying skills in their children and begin encouraging children to go for skills. Because maybe if a child is in uh, primary seven vacation, what skills can they have in senior four, in senior six? And even when they finish university or whatever they have finished, we should always emphasize that our children must have skills. When the family begins to show the children that this is the way, it becomes easy for now the whole country to begin speaking about this. Because we already have technical institutions, but you find that we have been lied to in this country that when you go for skill education, you are a failure. Now, who is going to talk to these people that you are not a failure? The parent. I am today a teacher because my father believed in knowing who I am. Uh, I wanted to be a lawyer because I would see lawyers smart, I would see them drive nice cars. But my father, when, when I was in senior six, he told me, you choose teaching. I refused. I signed up for law. Results came back. I failed to go for law. I had qualified to go for education. I refused. I told my dad, let me repeat. He allowed me to repeat. I got the same marks. And the good thing, I was born again. I knew the Lord was speaking to me. And I told my dad, you know why I don't want education? It's because I don't want to be poor. Wow. My father told me, you will never be a poor teacher. Because it is who you are, that is who you are. Please do it. So I'm just calling the, the place of the family, the place of churches, where people gather. We now need to start educating them that this is the way to go. It's good to have a degree. But you first have your skill. After you have had your skill, skill it up to a degree level if you wish. In fact, I'm really a believer of short, short courses. Like now, Uganda is an agricultural country. If the person maybe wants to grow matoke, they would go and have a training for two weeks and they begin. Yes, education is very important because we need to communicate, we need literacy and uh, numeracy is important. But the skills is where we need to go because the skill touches your passion. And when you ha you're passionate about what you have, for me, I have been able to study all these things because it is in the area of my call. I may not uh, tell so and so to be able to go and study because they may not love it, you see. So they, they can't say, I'm going to do like her. No, you go and skill yourself maybe two weeks, one month, three months on what God has called you to do. Skilling is the way to go. Let the family 
let the churches begin preaching this then from there we can now go to education and begin mentoring students in their O level A level and begin speaking to them what do you think you can do can you try out this and they start doing it you will see this world change especially this country wow I know I have no words uh, I think that's something that we is getting into our heads now yes. more it's, it's, it's been spoken to us frequently in the last uh, few days and I think that's very powerful to close uh, this story like that ladies and gentlemen let's celebrate uh, Dr. Barbara again and I'll hand over to you Pastor Peter. Wow here in the studio there is a standing ovation this is a powerful powerful story thank you so much Dr. Barbara I know that you're watching us online at home and even here in the studio and let me tell you the source of everything that Dr. Barbara is talking about is Jesus Christ it's her relationship with God that has fueled her passion and given her opportunity and even the wisdom to know what to do and when to do it so if you've never made a decision to make Jesus Lord of your life I want to give you that opportunity right now God is able to take your life and give it real meaning real true meaning beyond the accolades of men to give you a, a, a just satisfaction and I want to invite you right now wherever you are why don't you go ahead and do something very simple don't allow fear to stop you very simple just put your hand up putting your hand up is saying today I am making a decision to walk in relationship with Jesus Christ Come on, just put up that hand. Even if you're alone in the room, you're not alone. God is right there with you here in the studio audience. If you're here and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day. And across all the other locations where we're watching from, business person, you need Jesus. He's the source of wisdom and knowledge. So just put your hand up and pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. Take my life and do something significant with it. Today, I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.